1: To locked on bucks. I'm your host, Kane Pittman, alongside the founder of Brewhoop.com and longtime voice of the podcast, Frank Madden, for today's episode that is brought to you by Michelob Ultra at only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. It's only worth it if you enjoy it. Stay tuned for the ultra moment. That segment's coming up later in the episode. Uh, the bucks win. They're back in it, Frank. They win game three. I don't really know how they won game three, but they won game three, 86 to 83. The Bucs still haven't figured out how to score against this Brooklyn team, but it doesn't matter. They hung on. And I know that there was perhaps a lot of frustration in this game. It was at times a difficult game to watch if you're a Milwaukee Bucks fan, but we will have plenty of time to go through some of the negatives that we took from this game. I know just from our DM chat, there's going to be some frustration coming from your side. I don't think I really need to tell anyone where that is going to be coming from. But I want to start on a little bit of a positive here because anytime you win a playoff game, I don't think you want to take that for granted. And Chris Middleton for mine. Maybe I was being a little bit optimistic in the crossover pod I did with Brooklyn uh, with Locked On Nets a couple of days ago where I said that, I don't know, if you want to take any positive from the disaster that was game two, perhaps it's the fact that Middleton hit some shots finally in the second half and started to get rolling a little bit while he carried it on into this one. He had 15 points in the first quarter. Uh, like most of the bucks had some rough patches during the second and third, but then scored eight of the final ten points in this game. Went toe-to-toe with Kevin Durant, which was a pretty scary proposition, but he knocked down shots, and then he iced the game at the free throw line with only two seconds left as well. 35 points, 15 rebounds. Shout-out to Chris, man. He really needed this. He was struggling in this series, but he stepped up tonight, and they needed every one of those 35 points.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, I was thinking about, you know, kind of how we were going to cover this, and we should start with the positive that... <laughs> I mean you know they just they just beat Brooklyn in a game they absolutely had to win um, and uh, you know that we, we shouldn't bury the lead there right and I, I'm, I, I'm glad you started with Chris. I think there were maybe three guys that that you know deserve to sleep well tonight, Chris first and foremost um, P.J Tucker didn't score a point, but my god PJ Tucker put in, put in a heck of a shift defensively, you know holding Durant to a pretty inefficient scoring night and um i don't know i mean i wasn't in the building but it felt like him getting that double t he ran and getting you know face to face with him and um creating that kind of bust up in the third quarter i mean it's not like the bucks suddenly took over the game or anything like that but it it felt like the bucks needed something um and look i don't think that's why they won in the end but. but it was just like, all right, somebody getting pissed off and showing some toughness, and you know, doing the kind of thing that you know I think we wanted PJ Tucker to do. And and I guess I guess Bobby Portis felt like he gave them some good minutes actually yeah. for a change. And he like what scored four points or five points. <laughs> he didn't yeah. actually make a big impact. He didn't play much. Um, but uh, you know, especially in that first half, it, it was really interesting because, and we'll get into the minute here. But you know, Bruce Brown went to town on the Bucks and you know, dropped, I don't know how many floaters he put in over Brooke Lopez in that second quarter. Um, I thought Portis and the fact that he can play up a bit more on screens, it, it felt like that was a necessary change of pace, but lo and behold, you know, in the second half, especially in that fourth quarter, I think Brown was like one for five or something like that. Um, and obviously he had the chance at the end there and uh, Brook made it really difficult for him with that lefty shot that, that he ends up missing pretty badly. So, um, <laughs> yeah, just, just to such a bizarre game and i I tweeted out some of the stats i mean the bucks bucks have shot 20 out of 88 from three in this series 20 out of 88 over three games to to shoot that poorly over 12 quarters of basketball is just mind-boggling i mean for them for them to get back to their season average which is about 39 percent They would have to hit. I'm going to let's assume they take thirty shots again because they've been averaging about that in the first three games. They'd have to make twenty six out of thirty in game four just to average out the 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 brutality of the first three games shooting from three. Just six out of thirty one again tonight, and I don't know. Just just mind boggling. You know, we had that Miami game where they shoot basically the same, and we're like, well, that's not going to happen again, right? That was the worst shooting performance in two years well, it's happened twice in this series in three games against the Nets, and their quote-unquote good shooting night was eight out of 27. I mean, the inability of this team to make threes is just crazy. And, I mean, give Brooklyn credit. I mean, they are not giving the Bucks easy looks, I don't I don't think, from three. I mean, but, <laughs> I mean, we know the Bucs are better shot makers than we've seen, and we'll go through the long list of guys who have not kind of contributed. But, um, you know, the three-point shooting and, you know, they didn't score fewer than 96 points in in any games this this regular season. And so to go 86 in back-to-back games against the Brooklyn Nets, I mean, that is just, you know, next-level futility from an offensive standpoint. But the fact that you actually win one of those, and you hold the Nets to a season-low 83 points, you know, we're not going to – I think it didn't feel like we could focus much on the defense because we were so busy, you know – uh, feeling like people were throwing chemicals in our eyes on watching <laughs> them offensively. But um I mean the Bucks defense, I mean, clearly it was great tonight. I mean the work rate uh was there. Um, you know, the limiting stuff around the basket, you know, Brooke for all, you know, the challenge, especially in that first half, he ends up with six blocks. I was kind of joking. It felt like any any net that that went to the basket got swallowed up except Bruce Brown, who scored every time. But then, thankfully, that, <laughs> that reverted back in the fourth quarter as well. Um, so, obviously, the defense got the job done. And, of course, you know, there were some shots that you expect the Nets to make. Joe Harris missing two wide-open jumpers at one point in the fourth quarter. That felt like, okay, it's one of these games for both teams. But, um, you know, defensively, I mean, you know, just in terms of, like, points below expected. I'm not sure you're going to have a better performance than what you saw tonight to, to give up 83 points to an offensive juggernaut like the Nets. Um, I mean, again, you absolutely have to win that game. If You don't win that game. You're really not winning any games against this team. And um, as bad as the Bucs were offensively, you know, they did just enough and um, you know, it was a very monotonous game uh, with really just the Bucks' S three players played pretty much the whole game. They took pretty much all the shots and they were pretty much the only ones to score with, with obviously Chris and Giannis carrying the load. And as you said, just I felt very happy for Chris Middleton. <laughs> he was able to bounce back and you know, he was, I'd say, offensively the story because we'll talk a bit about Giannis. But Chris was the only guy offensively that I trusted for the Bucs tonight and fitting that he was the guy that essentially closed it out.
1: It's time now for the Michelob Ultra moment of the day or the playoffs or whatever it is. It's the Michelob Ultra moment. And Frank, you already mentioned this early in this podcast, but I'm saying that the moment, the Michelob Ultra moment, is PJ Tucker going nose-to-nose with Kevin Durant. And the reason I think that this was the moment was because... The Bucs just haven't had a guy like this in the past. It never felt in a big playoff moment, in a big playoff series, that there was someone that was going to stand up to an opposition superstar. It just it, It's not something that the Bucs have been known for with the the players they have on the, the roster, with the personalities they have on the roster. So this was huge. I loved it. I love seeing PJ Tucker, the way he's scrapped tonight, and the way he just said to, to Kevin Durant, I'm not going to back down to you. You're a great player. I've defended you multiple times over multiple years, so I love that moment. And for PJ Tucker, uh, that gets him the ultra moment of the night. And remember, with Michelob Ultra, it's only worth it if you enjoy it with only 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. Enjoyment isn't the end game. It's the whole game. Today on Road to the Finals, our playoffs coverage is brought to you by Michelob Ultra. It's only worth it if you enjoy it at 2.6 carbs and 95 calories. I should spit that out. We can all enjoy the games a little bit more this season. I want to come back to the defense and in particular, Brook Lopez, uh, perhaps a little bit later on. But I, I don't think we should go too much further without talking about Giannis. So, we're watching this first quarter, and, and this is the remarkable thing about the fact that the Bucks scored 86 points in this game, was that they had 30 in the first quarter. And we were all asking ourselves, what happened to Giannis in game two? Why was he just strictly shooting jump shots? Why wasn't he attacking? Because we saw it at the start of this game that Blake Griffin's got no answer for him. Neither does Bruce Brown, and neither does Claxton. They don't really have an answer for slowing down Giannis. So why isn't he getting on the move more? Why isn't he cutting more to the basket? Why aren't they uh, swinging the ball around the perimeter and finding him? And I thought they did a pretty good job of that. I mean, the play of the night for mine, just in terms of... And listen, there wasn't a lot of plays to go, go off in terms of offensive execution, to be clear. But the play of the night for mine was when the ball was swinging around the perimeter. It got out to Brook Lopez. He had a shot. He passed it to Tucker for the corner. He pumped fake. Durant went into the first row. He took a dribble in and then found Giannis cut into the basket for the dunk. And I think as the game wore on, and I don't know whether it was fatigue for Giannis or, or what it was... But he went away from cutting from the basket and getting the ball in different positions. And instead, it turned into, well, let's just give the ball to Giannis at the top of the perimeter and see if he can dribble his way through traffic again. And then he ended up just shooting a bunch of threes. Now, look, I I don't know if you want to give him any credit or you still want to be mad about the fact that he hit the three in the fourth quarter that the Bucs really desperately needed at the time. I mean, if I had the confidence about anything in my life that Giannis has with shooting threes to be able to do that in that moment. Man, I I would love it. But I I saw it on Twitter. Everyone's losing their minds with the shot selection. I don't think it's as simple as being angry at Bud or being angry at Giannis. I think it's a complicated situation. And uh, Jeff Van Gundy was talking a little bit about the player-coach relationship on the broadcast there, which has always been a fascinating topic of managing superstars. But again... It was just a really strange night for Giannis, and I, I wrote just some quick thoughts uh, for NBA.com, the Australia version here, and I said, the Bucs don't win this game without Giannis, but if they lose this game, you're going to look at Giannis and say, why the hell did you waste eight possessions from shooting threes? Now, he hit one of those, but against this Brooklyn team, I mean, you already spoke about it. You're doing a pretty good job defensively, but the Nets are also missing a lot of shots that you expect that they're going to hit moving forward. So you can't afford to lose the game. You're already struggling offensively as it is. You can't afford to give away offensive possessions. And, I mean, we've been talking about this for a long time. This is not a new topic. But, goodness, it was, it was frustrating tonight that the Bucks just needed a, bu- uh, a bucket. They just needed a score. They needed to run some offense. And that was continually happening.
0: Yeah, it felt like the second through fourth quarters were, like, all like, you know, that sort of like crunch time isolation style basketball where the ball doesn't move. And, you know, it's pretty much just two-man game or one-man one man game. And it just didn't feel like there was, you know, much movement. I don't even know where Brooke Lopez was most of the game offensively. Right. Um, you know, game one where he was a force inside and crashing the offensive boards and getting the ball deep and scoring all those points, 19 points and 11 shots, I think it was. Um, you know, tonight it felt like old Brooke Lopez just hanging out through point line, one out of five on threes, one out of seven overall. Um, you know, thankfully he started to make an impact defensively as the game went on, but, um, he was pretty MIA. And part of that was because they didn't really run. I mean, it felt like all the, pick, they ran a lot of pick and roll with Giannis, but it was only pick and roll with Giannis. It was kind of like, bud was like, all right, I'm just going to play those dudes like the entire game. Holiday plays 46 minutes, Middleton 44, Giannis 43 and everybody else is just get out of the way right and i mean i think we saw that there're just limitations to playing that way um and uh yeah i mean just the peripheral players are just complete you know have been just sort of complete non entities and unfortunately drew holiday was also just up until the game winning basket you know in in with 11 seconds left the bucks get a rebound down one and you know, Brooke managed to to get to the basket and finish against a. Uh, you know, thankfully, we should we should give Mike Buden, Buden, Mike Budenholzer is you know fighting for his job right now and deserves much more um, you know blame than credit at this point. But not calling time out, uh, obviously, they've done this before, including when Brooke, when Drew hit that game winning shot in Memphis earlier this year, and it was again the right call here, where you know they did it with with Chris in in, in the Miami game, game one. Um, they just let, let those guys figure it out in, in lifetime. Don't set something up. Don't let the defense set. And and Drew makes the play, but you know, he was four out of 14, nine points. Um, and just, I felt like he got downhill going down the lane a bunch of times and just didn't really know what to do with it. Like he he didn't look confident with his floaters, couldn't get to the rim. And again, I, you know, I'd have to look at it again, but it just feels like with the Bucks, just game after game, not being any threat from three, just feels like that that middle, um, with the exception of the first quarter when they found Giannis a number of times, just feels like the middle just gets more and more congested as these games go on and just makes it makes it harder to to get anything going. And again, that's not really an excuse for Drew being so ineffective offensively. I mean I I sadly I took no pleasure in it, but I, you know, tweeted that I did not was not enjoying Drew Bledsoe tonight. Um, cause it was just like, Jesus <laughs> You know, like we, we've seen we we've suffered through all these blood cell meltdowns and Drew obviously has not been uh a standout offensively in the first two games and then tonight to be even worse and just struggling to really make an impact. Um, it was just rough. So you know, you, you hope obviously I'm so relieved for him to, to make that big play at the end. You hope that maybe that maybe gets him off the schneid a little bit. But um but yeah, it's just it's just been uphill just felt like offensively like it's just been uphill you know all the time and give the Nets credit I mean they have not turned the ball over this series you know they just have not turned the ball over they haven't given away really easy baskets Um, they you know Bucks have certainly had lots of defensive rebounds to try to push with but it feels like as well like with these guys playing huge minutes it feels like you know they're not running and and trying to you know really play that kind of up-tempo game that that maybe we're used to seeing during the regular season as well, which obviously is a way that, um, you know, the, the, they tend to get easy baskets. And Giannis got a couple of them early, which was encouraging. But after that, you know, seven fast break points all game, right? Um, only 38 paint points, thankfully only 32 allowed. So, yeah, it's just, um, it's just been a grind. And, I, I mean, on the one hand, you know, it felt like we saw way more of the bread and butter, just Giannis setting screens, rolling, Chris looking for his shot, um, Giannis attacking um he hit a bunch of like kind of foul line I think he was like hit like four like I think he had like five like five out of six like foul line level jumpers today um which again you know when he's settling don't feel like good shots but um when he's probing and then using that as sort of a, a counter you feel a little bit better about it um whereas the the three-point shooting obviously just tends to be you know I, I forget who said somebody somebody made a joke that You know, how can Giannis take 10 10 plus seconds to shoot a free throw when he's able to get, you know, three-point shots up within five seconds of a possession starting? (laughs) Unfortunately, he doesn't seem to make very many of those. But, um, but yeah, the offense just, man, it's been a grind and was especially painful after that first quarter where you felt like, you know, they were really just playing with that awesome energy and just really attacking. And, um, uh, yeah, it's just been... It's just it's just tough, especially with Giannis. I mean, it's hard to it's hard to say it's it's kind of strange to see a guy put up thirty three and fourteen and feel like, you know, his decision making was terrible and you know, he just looked like a mess and the free throw line stuff, get another 10-second call. I mean, just he is so inside of his own head from the line right now. It's just scary. Um, but again, I mean, you just you just say thank God you you pulled this one out and give them some credit, you know, especially down the stretch. They actually scored some <laughs> they actually made some shots down the stretch for a change, you know, including Drew's shot and and Chris. Otherwise it was all Chris, you know. Um, and they kind of stuck with the guys that you know you need to stick with. And um at least Christian and then that one shot from Drew obviously were were enough. Cause I, I certainly when Durant hit that shot to go up three with what, a minute twenty-three left. I mean, I think everybody had to be feeling like Jesus, that's it, right? That's three-o. It's finally the dam is burst. Uh but Again, credit to the Bucs. They they just kept coming. And, um, you know, you, you, you can't, again, it, it, I'm just so torn, right? Because I feel like just so disappointed that we're in game three and this offense is still just a complete disaster. Uh, but bottom line is you won a game and, you know, now it's just game, everything's about game four, right? <laughs> I mean, it's, it, it's, it's not an elimination game, but it's must win. Tonight was not an elimination game, but it was a must win. And I feel like now, you know, Game Four is the exact same way. I'm I'm still waiting for the Bucks to impress me in this series, and um, thankfully they've managed to win a game without impressing me in really any of these games. But um, it's just uh, just a bizarre, bizarre series. I don't think anybody predicted would would look like this.
1: Let's stick with Drew Holiday for a little bit here, because I mean, if you look at the overall numbers in this series and Look, you made the Eric Bledsoe reference, which, I mean, obviously people are going to do when he's not having a huge impact. Clearly, he's not the only guy that's been struggling offensively in this series, but he's averaging 14. uh, Sorry, I had the numbers here. That's for the the whole entire playoffs, which actually aren't looking too nice here as well. But during this series, uh, he's averaging 13 points on 39% from the field, 30% from the three-point line. And I, I think that the big thing that stands out to me, because he actually only has 14 assists to six turnovers as well, and the thing that stands out to me is that he just never really seems to be involved. He, he just He's just kind of out there right now. You mentioned the fact that a couple of times, look, he gets, he uses his body. If he gets Kyrie Irving, he certainly feels very confident that he's going to be able to get to his spot in the post there. But his usage rate in this series, and it's only been a couple of games, I know, but it was 23% in the regular season is down to just 17 in this series. And I think that they need to find a way to get him more involved. I mean, you, you mentioned the pick and roll that they would run with Giannis and Chris, whether it is Brook Lopez or Drew, I, I don't know, but they need to find a way to get him more involved because it does feel like when the ball just gets stuck in the honest's hands at the top of the perimeter, Drew Holiday isn't really a catch-and-shoot guy. He's not really going to stay in the perimeter and shoot open threes. You want the ball in his hands creating a little bit. If it is in pick-and-roll scenarios, then he is the type of guy that can find cutters and, and, and different players like that in different situations. He really hasn't been involved... In Uh, involved at all and we have spoke about this the big reason why we felt so good about this offense is because we believe that we had three guys in the postseason that were going to be able to stand up and deliver and play well holiday was fantastic against miami but he hasn't had an impact in this series really at all and i think that obviously some of it has to go on him like you you can't just you can't blame it all on, on coaching but it's at least fascinating to me that he just doesn't really seem to be engaged in, in what the Bucks are doing. And I think part of that is because, as you pointed to, it doesn't seem like they're really running a lot of offense anyway. Yeah, I mean, look,
0: like, you're a great player. You, at, some, at some level, you just got to figure it out. Yeah. you yeah. know, um, It's not like they're just doubling him when he gets the ball and he hasn't, doesn't have any chances. Um, you know, he's in a lot of these actions uh, and he's been able to get downhill a fair bit. Uh, so it's not like he's just taking, like, Fadeaway jump shots that are really hard. Uh, he's getting a lot of like pretty good looks and um, and stuff going to the basket. I think again, I think the Nets deserve a lot of credit because I, I, mean, I don't think they're scared of the Bucks shooting tonight. Um, and they're they're crowding the paint, you know, more and more and making it hard. And so it's not like if Drew gets by Kyrie or you know Joe Harris or whoever that he's just got you know an easy layup. Um, which it may seem like kind of funny to say because a lot of time it's Blake Griffin is your last line of defense, but, um, you know, I think KD obviously can be a factor, especially in a, in a playoff setting where he's, you know, really engaged. You know, he had one block and I think he blocked Middleton on the first play of the game, but I mean, Blake had three blocks. He's put Giannis on his ass in the fourth quarter on that one driving play by Giannis. Um, so as, as much as Blake in space should not be able to really handle Giannis, um, you know, he has moments where he's actually, is he still able to, to compete and, um, and, and again, especially like, oh God, the, the, the player Rihanna is just like, is like dancing, like at the foul line, I'm going drove between the leg, the And he like drives and he, and he I, do you remember the play where he like, yeah. he like attacked and then he went all the way back out of the three point line and then he tried to attack again. And like, I forget what, how that ended, but it didn't end up in anything good happening. It's just like, Oh my God, like what, what is this? You know? Um, and I think, that, you know, I think that's the thing, right? We, we saw it in the, in when, especially when DeAndre Jordan was guarding him, we saw the Nets take the Bucs out of their normal rhythm of offense because it was just basically like Giannis trying to create for Giannis. And I think, I think turning the series into an ISO series, I think does absolutely play into the Nets' hands because they have the better ISO players, you know? And again, tonight, give the Bucs credit. Durant, 30 points, but on 28 shots, you know? You live with that every game. Kyrie 22 points, but 22 shots, you know, you, you made him work, give Drew Holiday among others credit because they didn't, they didn't make it easy on, on, on Kyrie. Um, So I, I, you know, I, I think it's, I think it's just been kind of one of those series where, you know, like for Drew, he's just got to find a way to, you know, to, to carve out, you know, his, his looks and his opportunities. And he's got to find the balance of playmaking and looking for his own offense. And, you know, he got 14 shots tonight. Like somebody was tweeting me like, Oh, they're not using him as a point guard. What do you expect him to do? It's like, he's, he's been doing this all. I mean, you know, again, this has been maybe a little extreme in terms of the way the offense is running, but he hasn't been the number one option all year. (laughs) He's had to pick his spots, you know, especially behind Giannis all year. Um, And so figure it out, man. Like, again, this is the playoffs. Like at the end of the day, you got to be able to make plays and, Drew is good enough to go and make, he doesn't, you know, it's not like Drew needs to go stand in the corner and and wait for open looks. As you said, I mean, he's a guy that is good at creating his own looks. He's very crafty and it, it just feels like there's been very few opportunities where he's really had a chance to go at guys one V one and use that that body strength and guile to to create shots that haven't been contested by help defenders and things like that you know they they have not been able to get drew on an island really attacking Kyrie. they've managed to bring help and kind of make his life hard and, you know and bruce brown when he's guarded him obviously bruce brown's a really good defender so um so you know again i mean it's sort of one of those nights where it's like you just you just so you have to be just so happy to get a win that uh, you know it gives you a kind of a reprieve <laughs> You, you know everybody gets another chance to uh to make amends um this weekend and and hopefully set right some of the you know lot the struggles that, that a lot of the guys had um and um, you know Giannis and Drew obviously as two of the big three you know they they obviously i'm sure we're going to come away from this game feeling like man you know could have done a lot of things better and um you just have to hope that that you have to hope that finally some of those things start to turn around in game four cuz Man, we've been we keep waiting for the shooting to get better and finally like where's that we're gonna see that Bucks hot streak and we, we sort of saw it for, <laughs> in that first quarter, but man, um they have just they have just been stuck in mud and 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 again I think like again, that's that's that is damning up, you know, top to bottom. Like coaches, absolutely like Budenholzer, you know, if they lose Sunday and 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 then obviously like the series is over if they go down through one. I don't think anybody's thinking that they're gonna come back from that. Um clearly, like, Bud has done enough to lose his job with the way that they have just looked completely incapable of, of attacking Annette's defense that obviously struggled all year and does not have premier defenders uh, at all these spots. Um, but the players as well, it's just like, I mean, thank God Chris Milton showed up today <laughs> because it's just the, the collective disorganization and mental mistakes. I mean, that play, that play were... were Drew and, and Giannis like screwed up a, a, like a a really easy wing switch and Joe Harris ends up with a wide open three. I mean, it's just like, guys talk like what, how are you messing that up at this stage of the season? You know, like, I, man, just some of this just, is just so hard to watch. And, and again, it's again, not, not to, again, I'm, I'm I know I'm kind of now getting, getting way too into the negative again, but um but uh you just you just say, "Man, thank goodness they, they were able to pull this one out, and um, hopefully people were hopefully all the fans that were there, and you know for the first time really all season, got to have a really very, very big, loud voices crowd. Um, hopefully they you know at least felt like they got their money's worth, even if it was by no means a work of art, but at least they were able to come away with a win, and folks in Deer District got to see a win as well and." Um, you know now, just the question is, how do you respond from this, right? What do you What do you do with it? You finally got a game, congrats! <laughs> you know, like you didn't play very well. Now, now, what do you have for an encore? And, um, you know, we'll we'll see.
1: Let's talk about BetOnline.ag. Frank and uh, the Bucks were actually favorite coming into this game. I believe they were favorite before Game Two as well, which is is quite incredible to me. But you can check out all the odds for Game Four at BetOnline.ag, which is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action whether it's NBA, MLB, NHL, UFC, MMA, whatever it is. I believe there's a big UFC event this weekend. You can check all that out at betonline.ag. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore as this is your chance to get into the game. As teams prep for their runs to the playoffs, head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's BetOnline, your online sportsbook experts. And I got a great tweet about Built Bar today from a listener. I wish I had this tweet up because I can't remember the handle. But the listener told me that they hadn't had a Built Bar pregame since the Miami series. They had a Built Bar pregame tonight. And what happened? The Bucks won. So that basically is telling you, eat your Built Bars. And not only will you be healthy and strong and enjoy the delicious taste of the best tasting protein bar that's ever been made, but the Bucks will also have a significantly increased chance of winning a playoff game. That's the power of Built Bar. Remember, there's nine delicious flavors with Built Bar. You can try them all out with a mixed box if you like. They're healthy for you. 17 grams of protein, 130 calories, only 4 grams of sugar, and only 4 grams of net carbs. You can't get much better than that. So go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCKED. Fifteen, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at buildbar.com. Well, baby steps, Frank, baby steps. You said uh, that you're going back into the negative a little bit there. But look, I'll say the reason for that is because I think we all see this team and see that there's such huge scope for improvement and you survived tonight. So you say, okay, yeah, we're a little bit lucky here. This is a game that we should have probably won by 20 points. Honestly, the way you defended, there's really no excuse for not scoring 100 points against this Brooklyn team, but they've done it uh, more than a couple of times here now. The only and uh, not the only positive, but another positive I'll say for this team is this is the third time now against this Brooklyn Nets team that there's been a close game down the stretch They've fallen behind in the fourth quarter and they've found a way to win. And, you know, yeah. I, mean, I mean, that's, that's
0: pretty true. weird. We didn't expect that. Yeah, we didn't expect that, right? That mean, they would. The only, the only close game would be the one that they'd win. That's, that's, that's something at least. The, you know.
1: it, it is just for this team, Frank, because, I mean, we've spoken about it so much and then you look down the other end and you see Duran and you see Irving. And like you said that three from Durant was an absolute backbreaker. I agree. I thought that was it. I didn't think the Bucks were coming back and they were still able to to score on a night where they really struggled to score all night long. The only other point that I'll bring up, because I think you uh, messaged the group, I think, when this happened at the time. Another thing I'd like to see from Giannis a little bit more is less of the possession that you described just a few minutes ago, whether he's back and forward and dribbling and through the legs and really going absolutely nowhere, less of that, More of what we saw a couple of times uh, through the night where he controlled dribble. Oh, Blake, you want to stand at the free throw line? All right, I'm going to get myself to a comfortable spot. I know once I'm here and I'm composed and I'm calm, there's nothing you can really do to block this little push floater shot. He hit it a couple of times. And if then you draw a crowd to you, then you have the opportunity to kick it out to a three-point shooter because I think you pointed to the perimeter defense of the Nets. But the one thing I'll say is it doesn't feel like the Bucs are getting a lot of open threes. and we always talk about the the fact that the paint will be packed and against Miami it was open shooting season from the outside for Bryn Forbes and these guys but Forbes hasn't taken an easy three-point attempt in the series I don't think the way they're defending him has been impressive so I I think Giannis less erratic a bit more calm a bit more composed engage Blake Griffin or whoever it is down there because you know that they can't defend you and then you're either going to have a chance to get to the rim for a dunk or shoot that little push shot it looked nice tonight we haven't seen a lot of that
0: yeah, the one he had in the first quarter where, like, he was dribbling in and, um, you know, his momentum was going forward and he just, like, went up with, like, this little one, one-handed one kind of, like, forward-leaning floater, which is a shot that you're used to seeing, like, point guards take against the bucks, right, against, like, a Brook Lopez rim protection type scenario. Um, I honestly don't know if I can remember Giannis ever shooting a shot like that. He may have done it early in his career. where He occasionally may have shown, like, a push shot at times, um, he did it again on like a pick and roll where he just caught it, went straight up and sort of one hand pushed it in. We've seen that from him a little bit more, um, this year, but like, yeah, that like off the dribble floater, I don't know that I've ever seen that. And you know, this is the thing, right? If you have that type of shot, um, you aren't as dependent on being able to jack up a three because and they're going to back up, you know, when you're, when you're attacking, right? Like if you back them down, like, you know, Blake Griffin's not like blocking a hook shot or, or something like that. So um, yeah, I, th- there were some signs here and there, you know, um, of, of some, some interesting things from Giannis. honest but but um, you know, obviously, yeah, the three point shooting was, was really problematic. And yeah, I mean, the irony was he, he hits his first one after whatever it was, six straight misses and just another dribble pull up three. I mean, cause that's the thing. I especially don't mind a three if it's like, you know, there's, 14 seconds on the shot clock, he gets the ball, looks up, and, you know, the defender's 10 feet back. Like, I- I'm more okay with that, but just to start a possession, uh, and a lot of these, it's not like the defender is even, like, that far off him. Like, they get some level of contest on it. The fact that he just seems to feel so comfortable at those um, when obviously the numbers are not great. I mean, granted, his pull-up 3 percentage is typically always better than his, his spot-up 3 percentage. Um, but you know, where it's like 31% to 29% typically, I haven't looked at it lately, but it's not, you know, it's not like he's like a 35% pull up three shooter or something like that. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. We'll, we'll, have to see next game. I mean, you just hope that if he's going to keep shooting like this, that, um, that he make that he finally has a game where he makes like, you know, four or five out of nine or something like that, rather than one out of eight, uh, which we saw in, in, uh, especially in that first brooklyn game but um yeah it was just uh, it was pretty painful to watch and we should probably talk about the free throws right we've are we emotionally ready to talk about the free throw situation because
1: are you ta- are I you mean, asking yourself that question frank because yeah, like, we, of, we can talk about of. it if you want you you need to make yeah. the decision yourself whether you're <laughs> ready for this i mean he
0: so the positive is he was four out of nine and he's had Here's definitely had much fourth uh, two for two. He hit both of his fourth quarter free throws. Um, and four out of nine is not, you know, in the, uh, you know, absolute worst level of Giannis free throw shooting game. So, uh, yay. Uh, he raised his percentage <laughs> today cause he was two out of 10 coming into this game in the series. So yay, yeah, he raised his, his, free throw percentage. Um, he's now, I guess, uh, six out of 19. So he's at a cool, like 31% from the free throw line in this series. um, yeah, I mean the, you know he he had he made his first free with free throw I think tonight and then he short arms the second one and then he goes back to the line his second trip he short arms the first again really short which is when you know Giannis is is really in a bad funk is when he when he's missing his free throws short right because that's what we saw you know last year he airballed tons of free throws he airballed a bunch early this year um, that that super short free throw miss is like always sort of the telltale sign that he's in a bad place when he misses long it's like usually. Usually when he's missing long, it's like, that's when he's in generally a better shooting place, it seems. Um, But to do that second trip where he shot it short and then he airballed the second one, it was like, oh shit, what's going on in his head? And then on one of the, I think, I don't know if it was the next trip or the one after it, but he gets called for the, I think he made made the first free throw and then he gets called for the 10 second violation. And of course it was like, you know, 13 seconds. They showed it on the broadcast. It was absurd how long, how long he was taking. Um, and. You know, again, it's just like, I mean, we can say it till till we're blue in the face. Yes, he should have a much quicker routine. I think there was one point where after that he was trying to do his whole, like, I think think at one point, like the ref gave him a ball and he actually threw the ball back to the ref to do his practice mimic, you know, pantomime shot thing. And then at one point the ref gave him the ball. And I think the ref was just basically like, you can't give it back to me. And he had to take a free throw without getting his thing. I think he missed. I mean... It's just like, you know, mental anguish. Like, I mean, I don't know if more for me or him at this point, but um, the rules are rules. he's just,
1: uh, the, the rules uh, yeah, is I'm a rule. I mean, at this like, point, at this I point know why I'm just the fuck sick of this shit. This.
0: Just shit. Yeah, I'm just, at this point, at this point, I'm just like, I don't even like, when he got called for the 10 second, I was like, fine, you know, like yeah. tough love at this point. <laughs> like yeah. someone is, you, you just got, you just can't, I mean, if you just want to basically like, concede that you're going to not be allowed to shoot a free throw every once in a while because you take so damn long and you refuse to change. Because let's be honest, he got whistled for against Miami. He has not changed his routine. He's doing the same shit, and he's daring the referees to whistle him for a 10-second violation, which is insane because he's not good at shooting this way in the first place at this point. Yes, he got to a much better place during the season going to his new routine, but it's still absurd how long it takes him to shoot these free throws. And, you know, again, like people can say, oh, the coaching staff, why don't they work on him a short you guys really think the coaching staff hasn't tried to encourage him to take free throws quicker. Like this is, this is one of the most stubborn dudes around. This is why he still insists on shooting threes. You think, you know, you think Bud's going to strap him to a chair and tell him like, he can't shoot threes anymore. Like, no, well, he can't. He's you can't bench end.
1: him. You know, like sometimes you can't, I see you can't people bench say him. What you bench do? him. And I'm like, what are you out no. about? <laughs> you can't do that.
0: Just, this isn't Jason Kidd when Giannis was in his second year. Like you, you know, right. So it's, it's just this, it's this problem. Like you give your, you know, I'd say in general, like the best offensive coaches typically give their guys tons of leash. They're not, you know, the best coaches are typically not telling players what they, shots they shouldn't take. That said, you know, so, so to me, I actually put most of this on Giannis. Like, I just think Giannis is, he, and I think Ryan Rusillo actually had a pretty good point. Like it it just seemed like he was, I think it was something to the effect of like Giannis looks like he's trying to prove a point more than play basketball when he takes those shots. I think it's a hundred percent true, you know, and I know he was asked about in the post game and he gave kind of a weird, you know, response about how he's just doing what instinctively he feels is right and us play blah blah blah. Um but I, it's just it's just it's just tough man. It's just like the the margin of error is too narrow for me right now to, you know, and, and again, if you take one the first quarter and it goes in, you feel good, okay, fine, you know, maybe you you you, you lean into it a little bit, but you know you're zero for six in the fourth quarter, and you're still jacking up lightly contested pull up threes. You know with nineteen on the shot clock. This is not good decision making, dude. Like, you know you're you're putting yourself above above the team at that point, and you know it. To me, it's just it's just. I don't. I don't. I'm not gonna be like it's inexcusable. I mean, whatever. It's 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 not a good decision. Um, I I, I don't. I, I mean, I just don't know. What he thinks how, why he thinks this is you know fair to his team, his teammates et cetera to to basically like seemingly put his ego ahead of ahead of what's best for the team when he's when he's doing things like that, but um I don't know i mean he he took fewer threes this year, you know i mean it's not like he was jacking up threes to the same extent this year than he was last year. It's not like he averages eight threes a game, which is why it was especially interesting today that he shot so many threes because it's not like it's not like he typically shoots. Um, eight threes a game or something like that. Um, but, you know, again, the Nets, I think, sort of suckered him into that a little bit. Um, and, you know, they, they've certainly won the the kind of mind game to some extent with with how they've done that. So, I mean, at this point, do I really expect Giannis to change from game three to game four? Absolutely not. <laughs> like, the Bucks lose in five, and who knows, maybe he'll do some self-reflection and you know change some things about his shot selection and things like that but i wouldn't i wouldn't bet on it right um at this point it just kind of seems like that's just how he how he thinks he needs to play um but but again you know you just look i mean 12 assists tonight right 12 assists in 48 minutes 34 only 34 made field goals Giannis just two assists chris just one assist you know
1: but they're not passing they, they the,
0: no they're not passing and and they have really the Nets have really done a good job of making the Bucs play pretty selfish one-track mind basketball. And look, I mean, I get it, right? Like you want Giannis, Chris, Drew taking the shots, but it's sort of gotten to the point where, you know, everybody else is just might as well not (laughs) just stay on defense, you know? (laughs) So uh, I don't know. I mean, I think that's, that's, if the Bucs have any hope of winning this series, right? Um, they're going to have to figure out some way to get other guys a little more involved. Cause it's just, you know, I just, I just don't think they can, they can survive with, with this degree of imbalance. Um, but um, you know, again, at least, at least, uh, at least Bud doesn't have to listen to uh, people complain about his stars minutes tonight. Right. Um, so I'm, I'm happy that he played those guys a ton of minutes. Um, I think, I made the comment, I think they played the first 8.35 of the game, which has got to be the longest Bud has ever gone without a sub in the first quarter. Um, But, uh, yeah, it's... uh, I am very curious to see how this next game goes. My hope is, you know, it's like game two against Miami. I'm praying, right, that it's like game two against Miami. Some of those threes finally start to fall. Maybe they force some turnovers you know the game gets a little open up o- open for the Bucs offensively and they can get some open looks and you know really really just start to see some crooked numbers go up which again they i mean they did that in the first quarter to an extent right but um but we'll see i mean i'm certainly much happier than if this is a three-0 series right i'm at least happy that the bucks defensively came out and you know competed at a at a super high level cuz cuz obviously after the first two games you know you're just worried like were they just going to get two down and dumps to um you know like would because that's the thing I mean I, at, at halftime I was definitely worried like I mean the Bucks were up three and it felt like man this could go into a double digit deficit like in the blink of an eye right you kind of kept wondering oh man are Kyrie and, and Katie going to have one of those explosive spurts and next thing you know Bucks are are losing and you know but the Nets had a couple of leads and they had that three point lead after Durant three but pretty remarkable how close this game was and how much the Bucks were able to kind of stay in front for large portions of that, that second half, even with just so many, so many bad decisions and so many brick shots.
1: All right. Quick notes about our friend Peter Bukowski over in the Locked On Today podcast. Uh, Peter updates you on all the latest news in every major sport with the help of our local experts. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. And as we wrap this up, you mentioned the minutes. And this is a nice little stat here. I saw on StatMuse tweeted this out. Giannis played 43 minutes tonight, the most in a non-overtime game under Bud regular season or playoffs. And you know what's even more remarkable about that, Frank? He didn't pick up one foul. It's what? That is mind-boggling. That is mind-boggling. 43 is mind-boggling. Minutes and not one foul. I cannot believe that. It's an incredible stat from Giannis there. And uh, you already mentioned Bobby Portis, but I just quick shout out to Pat Connaughton as well. He picked up two offensive rebounds to start the fourth. Uh, just little things. These bench players aren't really getting much of an opportunity at all. It'd be nice if one of those guys could actually hit a three in this series in Game Four, if <laughs> possible. But we've got to look at the little. We've got to look at the little things. Oh, Frank! I mean, come on, it's ridiculous. So was a twenty for eighty-eight. You said. I mean, it's getting beyond the joke. Yeah. Someone needs to hit a three. Uh, and, uh, and you know, it's year after year we've seen this. We had a little bit of flirting with some success from behind the three-point line against Miami, but it's time. The Bucks are going to have to hit threes if they want to win game four and get themselves back in the series. But as you pointed to, 2-1 is a hell of a lot better than 3-0, and they got a chance to tie it up here in game four. And if you win game four, then you at least, worst-case scenario, give you a chance to keep your season alive on your home floor in game six. If there's a lot of line in game four here, it still feels like the season is on the line in that one. That's 2 p.m. Sunday afternoon so another couple of days off a bizarre playoff scheduling continues but uh, two nights off the Bucks will have a, a practice to figure it out and come back in game four uh, I'm gonna have a couple of days off as well and we'll be back for a post-game podcast after game four Frank I'm sure I'll be able to wrangle you into that one I, I can you imagine how
0: how how painful it would be to have to wait two days if the Bucks 3-0. were down three oh zero. Well, my God, I actually that would be just brutal.
1: I actually found myself the last two days thinking, "This is bullshit." Like, if the Bucks are going to lose, could, can we just get this over with? Why have we? Got yeah, a yeah, break? yeah. Yeah,
0: yeah. I didn't. I know. I just want like when they anytime the Bucks lose, I just want to have a game as as soon as possible to yeah. like just yeah. hopefully wipe wipe out the, the the negative feelings of it. So so I'm totally with you there. And it is it is strange. And also, I mean really not advantageous for the Bucs in the sense that James Harden, Jeff Green are not, mm-hmm. have not played yet. Uh, well, Harden played obviously the first 43 seconds of game one, but um, you know, more, more, more time for those guys to get healthy and potentially return um, is, is, certainly does not bode well for the Bucs. Although, I mean, who knows, right? Like Jeff Green, obviously with his foot injury, I, I still don't really know what the odds are of him playing in the series. It sounds like there's some expectation that he'd, he'd be ready to come back to series. Um, but you know, a foot injury, if you're going to be the guy that probably has to guard Giannis at times, probably you want two functioning feet for that type of uh, assignment. Um, so, so who knows, right? I mean, never doubt Jeff Green's ability to hit open threes against the Bucks. It always seems like it's going to happen. Um, but uh, it, it, I think it does put, would put them in an interesting spot. Uh, and I, I still don't really, don't really know what to make. I mean, Bruce Brown, 16 points, 11 rebounds, three assists tonight. He was a plus three, but on the flip side, I mean, he took 17 17 shots. Like he actually was not efficient at the end of the day, even though pretty much all of his shots were, you know, in the pain it felt like. Um, So it is an interesting thing. Like if, if, uh, if green comes back, you know, I think we've been used to seeing green as, as that fifth starter, Um, you know, previously with Deandre now presumably with Blake. So It is an interesting question. Um, You know, does he go straight back in the starting five? Does he come off the bench? You know, is he really rusty? Is he physically okay to do that? You know, who knows? And then, of course, you know, the biggest X factor being Harden. And I mean, who knows, right? Like, just the history of that injury that he's got and how long he's missed time with that before. um, I I don't know. I, 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 you have to think that they, especially given that they still have a two-one lead, they still probably feel like, hey. We feel like we've got these guys. Even if even if James misses the rest of the series, I would still think Harden. They're going to be really careful with Harden. Um, but again, the longer the series drags out, obviously the the chances of him returning uh, are going to get higher. But I, I I would be fascinated to know what the probability of him coming back you know Sunday versus you know game game five might be. But uh, you know again, Bucks so far Nets have had the luxury of feeling like hey we you know, we can afford to, to be a little conservative with those guys. Cause look, I mean, they're gunning for, for a championship, right. And if uh, you don't want to be endangering that by, by stretching him in uh, in the second round. So I don't, know. we'll see. Well, I think if you're a Bucks fan, you're, you're hoping that they continue to uh, be very conservative with him, even if it has, uh, even if it has not, um, you know, uh, meant the Bucks really being able to take advantage to, to him in a major way.
1: No doubt, it's going to be exciting. I think over the next couple of days, uh, Bucks fans will be able to talk themselves into this series becoming a series after Game Four. Just a little bit of hope. I always say that having a little bit of hope is never good as a sports fan, but we'll see what comes from Game Four. <laughs> well, in that in that in that regard, this was maybe the ideal way to win, right? Because <laughs> because I don't, I did not come away from this game feeling like,
0: hey, I think we can come back in this series. You know? <laughs> so so I still feel. You know, semi-depressed about the state of the Bucs, especially their offense. Um, but but maybe that's positive because hopefully they come out and you know have their mean-reversion game, which they are so so sorely due to have offensively on Sunday, and and then everybody feels a lot better going to Game Five. But um, take it one game at a time, one day. I'm taking it one day at a time, Kane. Not even one, 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 uh, one game at a time. I'm just going to take it one day at a time. Get to my weekend and pray that the Bucks don't ruin it on Sunday afternoon.
1: No, it's it's the right approach to take. It's also the approach uh, Bud's taken in this series today. One step at a time. Today, he actually played the starters big minutes. Next time, he might run some offense. So we'll see what comes uh, from game four. And on that note, I'm going to leave it there for Frank and myself. We'll catch you guys after game four.